chapter number 2 is where we're going to start. <clears throat> then we're going to backtrack to Luke chapter 1 a little bit. And uh, I want to give you a thought tonight uh, from the Christmas story, some principles worth pondering. Principles worth pondering. Luke 2, beginning in verse number 7. Once you found it, I invite you to stand with me tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. And uh, we're going to read this one in unison together. Believe it or not, we've been through the whole Christmas season, and I think this is the first time we've been to Luke chapter 2. We spent a lot of time with the wise men this year, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Luke chapter 2 is where we are tonight. And uh, beginning in verse number 7, would you read in unison with me? The Bible says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the angels. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them. In her heart. Father, we love you. I pray as we look into your word tonight that you would have your will and way in each of our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to key in kind of on verse 19 tonight. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept, simply meaning that Mary purposely remembered, she treasured up. The Bible says, all these things and pondered them. Pondered has the idea of she meditated on. She, she worked with them in her mind. She put them together. She connected the dots. You know, honestly, it's amazing to me that Mary had the capacity to ponder at this point. You see, Mary had been through a lot in the last nine months. You think of, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, that the scandal she must have faced, the uncertainty she must have faced. She had just made a, a, about a week-long journey into Bethlehem from her hometown. Mary had been through a lot in the last nine months. Mary had been through a lot in the last nine hours. You think of labor and delivery. You think of the strange visitors that had just come to her. Now, the wife... I was going to say the wife and I, but really the wife just had a baby a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. 
And you think to yourself, how much pondering are we really doing after labor and delivery? Plus, what if a group of, I don't know, what if a group of plumbers had showed up out of the blue to see the baby? I, I would imagine that would have probably caught me off guard a little bit. But in spite of all of the chaos that Mary had experienced in her life, the Bible says she pondered. She treasured these things. She allowed her mind to be treasured with and saturated with all that she had seen and heard. You know, I find one of the great weaknesses of the modern believer is our inability to ponder. Or could I say it this way, our inability to meditate on the things of God. You know, honestly, we work less to survive than we ever have. I'm not saying you work less or work little. I'm saying we work less to survive. We don't have to work all that we do. Most of our houses are stocked with enough food to get us through January. You might not like it all, but you have enough. We're not working today so we can eat tomorrow. Most of us work less to survive than we ever have, and yet we have created a system in a society where we allow ourselves less margin than we ever have had before. And what margin we do have, we seem to impulsively fill with things that amuse us. We pull out our little screens, or we turn on our big screens, and we, we do things that amuse us. To amuse, is, it's a word, the prefix ah means not, muse means to think. And so we fill our margin with not thinking. So we have trained ourselves as a society to be busy and then to not think. To be busy and then to not think. One of the weaknesses, therefore, of the modern Christian is our inability to ponder, to meditate. To allow our hearts and minds to treasure and be filled up with and be saturated by the things of God. Church, I want to encourage us. It is good and necessary for us to stop and fill our hearts and minds with the things of God. Tonight, I want to see some principles from uh, I want to find some principles from Mary here. Some principles that are worth pondering. Turn back to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at Mary's story uh, prior to Luke 2 here as we look at this. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26. There the Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. I want to consider first tonight, if you would, the principle worth pondering. God's ways are strange to me. God's ways are strange. I put the little to me in parentheses because I didn't want you to think I was a heretic, okay? 
Mary, in that moment in Luke 2.19, where the Bible says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm going to tell you, Mary must have looked back and thought how strange this whole thing was. Safe to say that this was not the life that Mary had planned. You know, I think it's easy for us to get that Mary had plans like every other person. We're introduced to Mary in Luke chapter 1, but this is not the beginning of Mary. Uh, To this point, Mary has had a rather ordinary life. She was a peasant girl in 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 a peasant town, and she probably had regular, ordinary dreams. But when God intervened in Mary's life, Mary's world got turned upside down. And we can see from Luke chapter 1 that Mary was scared. She was shaken. The Bible says that uh, that, that she she feared and that she cast in her mind what manner of salutations this should be. Uh, So much so that the angel said unto her, Mary, fear not. Later on we're going to see Mary brings up some questions and even some objections like, how can this be? In Luke chapter 2, I have to imagine Mary was shocked when the bunch of shepherds showed up. I mean, if Mary could have planned her life, none of this would have made the docket. None of this was what Mary would have, or even, can we say, could have planned. I wonder if Luke 2.19, as Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart, I wonder if Mary thought back to Isaiah 55. Where the prophet there wrote in verse number 8 and 9. Where God says, from my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You know church, the older I get. And as I was reminded yesterday by my daughters. I am getting older. The more life I experience, the more I am amazed at how the steps that God has ordered for me were nothing like I had anticipated or planned. I I go back to the verse, Proverbs 16 and verse number 9. The Bible says, a man's heart deviseth this way, but the Lord directeth his steps. You know, I got my ideas. I've got my plans. I have the direction that I think I am going. But the more I look back, the more I see the Lord's hand in directing it all along. I'll give you an example. When I was four years old, I swore I'd never get married. I had arguments with kids over it. Whether or not I had to get married one day. You see how that worked out for me? Pretty well. See, I did good there, I think. When I was four, I swore I'd never get married. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Remember when I was 17, I thought I'd be a lawyer. At 20, I thought I'd be a Bible translator in a jungle somewhere. I never thought I'd be in Ohio. (laughs) Never once. I don't even know I knew where Ohio was until I was interested in a girl from Michigan. Then I learned where Ohio was real quick. I never considered Ohio. Honestly, I never considered being a youth pastor. I never considered being a part of a Christian school. But isn't it amazing how God directs our steps? Some of you might say, well, that's unexpected, but it's really not that strange per se. 
Could I suggest tonight that I never would have considered or I never would have chosen cancer? If I had had the choice to plan my life, honestly, it wouldn't have made the list. But the Lord directs our steps. The Lord directs our steps. And by the way, we can all do that. We can all look back over our lives and we can see the hand of God in our lives. We can see how we can trace those threads. Both, both what we might consider good and bad, pleasurable and painful, the highs and the lows. You know, so many times God has turned left when I thought he was headed right. There are so many things that I don't necessarily understand and I don't, didn't necessarily anticipate. And honestly, sometimes in those moments, I'm left feeling a little bit confused and undone. But I'm not undone. And the reality is I don't have to understand. Because God's in control. God's in control. You think about life. And you think about what Mary must have thought in that moment as she looked back. And she must have thought, boy, God's ways. God's ways are strange to me. But you know what gives us hope? You know what gives us peace? You know what gives us joy? Because the other thing Mary must have thought is, yeah, God's ways are strange to me. But boy, God's word is sure. God's word is sure. As we continue Mary's story, beginning in verse number, picking up in verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her which was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible." You know, Luke 2.19 is Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm sure Mary looked back and said, well, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't have planned it this way. But buddy, God's word is sure. Everything God said has come to pass. Everything God said had come to pass. You think about the miracle of the virgin birth. Might I remind us that this was a physical impossibility. Since the beginning of creation, it takes two. But with God, nothing is impossible. And it happened exactly the way God said it would. You think not only of the miracle of the virgin birth, the miracle of the Son of God. This is unthinkable. You look at how the angel Gabriel describes the, the Son of the Highest, it says. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall be called, verse 35, the Son of God. Now, I know we all think our children are special. But could you imagine trying to wrap your head around that? And yet it all happened. Exactly as God said it would happen. How could an unmarried lady in an unvalued city have a child such as this? Well, simply because Mary found out that God means what he says. And God does what he says. God's 
word is sure. I wonder if in that moment Mary's mind went back again to Isaiah 55, perhaps verse 11, where the prophet says, So shall my words be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God's word is still sure. By the way, that's worth remembering here at Christmas time. You know, sometimes the holidays are hard. Some days, sometimes the holidays are hard because they bring up perhaps loss. They bring up perhaps memory, perhaps bad experiences or baggage of the past. Sometimes holidays are especially hard. But I'm going to tell you, church, it's worth remembering on this Christmas that God's word is still 100% sure. Jesus said this, Matthew 24 and verse number 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. You know what? I don't always understand God's plan. Sometimes God's plan, God's way seems strange to me. But here's the good thing. I don't have to understand because God's word is sure. His plan is still in place. His promises are still sure. Sometimes we look at these things and it seems impossible. We look at the wickedness of the world and we wonder, God, what are you doing? But God is working. Why? Because his word says he's still working. His word says he's still drawing men unto himself. His word said that it's still the foolishness of the preaching of the cross that will save the souls of men. His word says that he's still working in me and on me and through me. His word is sure. Sometimes you look at the world and you're like, what in the world is going on? But the reality is, church, the devil may think he's in control. And the darkness may look deep. I'm going to tell you, it's bound to get worse and worse. I read an article, and I shouldn't read articles. I, I know I shouldn't read articles, right? I don't know if anybody else saw it. It was the lady in England who got arrested for praying to herself on a sidewalk outside of an abortion clinic. The police took pictures of her standing there like this and asked her if she was praying in that moment. Because the act of her praying silently to herself was a violation of the law because it was an intimidation of people who may want to come for those services. Her response was, I might have been praying. I might have been thinking of my lunch. I'm not sure what I was doing at that moment. But I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, oh, England's so far away... We do well to remember England was the place where freedom of religion and freedom of speech and, and all of that stuff originated. And if it's happening all around us, it's coming here too. It's coming here too. You've probably seen the stories of the FBI and the Justice Department arresting uh, men and women who, who, who are outside of abortion clinics here. It's coming here too. It's coming here too. We look at the darkness and we think, what in the world? Is God still in control? Yes, God is still in control. God is still in control. How do you know that, preacher? Because God's word is sure. God's word is sure. 
And so, church, when it seems impossible, what do we do? <laughs> Keep on believing because his word is sure. When it seems implausible, <clears throat> preacher, I don't think that'll work. What do we do? When it seems implausible, what do we do? We keep on believing because God's word is sure. When it seems unthinkable, what do we do? We keep on believing because God honors those who live for him. And You know what? We can find strength in knowing that nothing he has said will ever fail. Saturate yourself with the Word of God. We don't need less of the Word of God these days. We need more. Saturate your families with the Word of God. We don't need less. We need more. Submit yourself to the Word of God. God's Word doesn't fail. God's Word cannot fail. God's word brings us favor and makes us blessable. We see it in Psalm 1. We see it in Joshua 1. We see it in James 1. We see it all throughout the word. God's word makes us blessable. So what do you do when God's ways seem strange? What do you do when life gets hard? What do you do when you don't know what to do? You go to God's word. Because God's word is sure. But preacher, I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd face this. What do I do? Go to the book. Preacher, this is what they did to me. What do I do? Well, the book says forgive them. The book says pray for them. The book says bless them. The book says love them. Well, preacher, did you, did you not hear what I said they did to me? Did I not... Did I not tell you what they, what they said about me? we got to get our eyes back on what he said to us. Why? Because God's word doesn't fail. You know, I wonder as Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. If she looked back and she said, you know what, God's, God's ways sure are strange sometimes. But boy, I'm grateful God's word is sure. Can I give you one more tonight? Luke 1 and verse 38. I want you to see Mary's response here. Verse 37, the angel says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38, Mary's response. And Mary said, behold. The handmaid. That's, Mary was basically saying, you know how Paul said he was the servant of the Lord? This is uh, Mary, uh, she's given the female version of that same word. She's saying, Mary, the, the servant of the Lord, even the slave of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, from that verse, Luke 1, 38, to the verse we leapt off from Luke two nineteen. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, I bet Mary pondered in that moment. Not only, I'm, not only are God's ways strange, not only is God's word sure, but I bet she pondered in that moment that God's will is second to none. God's will is second to none. In that moment, Mary held Jesus 
And she thought about all that God had said. And she thought about all that God had done. I have to imagine that she pondered the truth that God's will truly is second to none. That as Paul said in Romans, it is good, meaning beneficial. It is acceptable, meaning pleasing. And it is perfect, meaning complete. It's the principle that not only does God mean what he says, not only does God do what he says, but God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And Mary grateful. I'm sure Mary was grateful in that moment. But can I draw it out a little bit more? I, I bet to guarantee Mary is grateful in heaven today. That God knew what he was doing in sending the Lord Jesus. Because Mary needed a savior just like the rest of us. And I bet you Mary was grateful God knew what he was doing. That God sent his son to be the savior of the world. And church, as we think about some of these principles to ponder tonight, I think we have to stop and acknowledge that it isn't that God's will isn't hard. What Mary went through was hard. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes God's will is even heart breaking. Mary went through quite a bit of difficulty. She was suspected by Joseph of being unfaithful. You'll remember Joseph thought to put her away privily because Joseph assumed that Mary had simply been unfaithful. She was suspected by Joseph. She, she bore the shame of the culture of being with child out of marriage. She bore the difficulty of, of giving birth away from home. Mary went through quite a bit. And then even once Jesus was born, Jesus lived, Jesus died on the cross. You think about the pain and sorrow Mary went through in that moment. It isn't that God's will isn't hard. Or even heartbreaking at times. I remind us church, Jesus did not promise that his will would be easy. In fact, he promised us quite the opposite. What did he do? He told us to take up our what? He told us to die daily. He told us to love him more than we loved our fathers and our mothers and our sisters and our brothers and our husbands and our wives and our own lives also. He told us we would be hated by the world. Oh no, it's not that Jesus promised that it would be easy. It's not that his will is without burden. But it is recognizing the truth that his will is always best. And you live doing the will of God, you will live without regret. Well, sometimes it will be hard. Sometimes you'll, you'll wake up and you'll, you won't understand why, why you're going through this or why you're facing this or why these things are happening. But when you do the will of God, you trust in His Word and you give yourself to do His will. I'm going to tell you, you're going to live without regret because His will is best. And so what do we do? Just like Mary, we surrender. Behold. The handmaid of the Lord. We recognize, like the psalmist said in Psalm 37 in verse number 23, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. 
We, we recognize, as the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, that, that, it is, that we present our bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. That we not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I want to encourage us tonight, church, as we, as we come into this season and we, we near Christmas, that we not let this season pass without truly taking to heart the deeper matters of Christ. Christ who has come and Christ who is coming again. Yes, sometimes I don't understand what God is doing. But at the end of the day, I can always know that His word is sure. And that His will is second to none. You know, it would have been very easy for Mary in that moment to let the chaos of the season fill her heart. But she didn't. You know, it would have been very easy in that moment, I think, for Mary to even let a spirit of criticism fill her heart. I mean, Joseph could have at least gotten the Airbnb before they left Nazareth, right? But he didn't. Joseph could have at least kept the smelly shepherds away. I mean, there would have been a lot for Mary to complain about. And Mary could have let the spirit of criticism fill her heart, but she didn't. Hear me, church, it's easy to let the chaos in. We gotta go here and we gotta go there and we gotta get this gift, gotta do that, gotta go to the in-laws, gotta go to the family, gotta go here, gotta go there, go to church, gotta this, gotta that, gotta that. Ah, and all we do is Christmas is chaos. It's easy to be critical. Did you hear what so-and-so said? Did you hear what so-and-so did? That company has happy holidays and not Merry Christmas. Ah, and we we, we can it's easy to let it in, right? Stop. Stop. As we near Christmas, make some margin, make some space, take some time to ponder, to meditate, to think about the things of God and what God has done. It will strengthen you, it will settle you, it will sanctify you, it will satisfy you some principles to ponder tonight. Father,